0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week are Sam Claiborne. Hey, everybody. Justin Davis. Scoop. And joining us once again, Colin Stevens is back. Uh, showed up a, a few episodes ago, sitting in for Tina, which he is again this week. He's back, baby. Colin, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. I'm... Always happy to be here. We've got a great show for you this week. There is a new, very uh, kind of obscure 16-bit game that's getting re-released, although so I'm very happy to hear about it. And speaking of 16-bit re-releases, Sonic Origins is on its way, but not everyone is happy with the way it's handling uh, all of its content. But first, as a little bit of an update, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm about to cross over the 100-hour mark in Eldritch. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> what? Oh, my god. That's so many hours. I'm just about in such be- a short amount of time. This has only been like what two weeks that you've like really been getting into it. I mean, yeah, it's just all I'm playing and do when oh I'm not God. when I'm not parenting, basically. Just Bro, playing
1: like, thing. is this this is gonna be like, Damon? You don't do a lot of multiplayer games. Like, this is up there for like the game you've played the most ever in I mean, terms of hours. Yeah,
0: it's like it's like Disgaea level
1: of hours. Uh, like, <laughs> I guess I forgot about this guy where it's like, well, of course I'm gonna go into this
0: belt. Yep, <laughs> every every item in the game has its own dungeon that you can go into. Anyway, yeah. yeah, I'm just about to cross 100 hours in Elden Ring. I'm in the mountaintops of the Giants. I recently beat mm. Morgoth, the Omen King, and I cheesed the mm. shit out of him. I've just basically <laughs> been cheesing my way all over the, the lands between, and it's been great.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, but they cheese ahead. you, so it's fine. I mean,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have no regrets. Uh, I, I do it. I cheese mercilessly in that game. <laughs> no regrets. Yep, no regrets. Uh, so Colin, you've also played a lot of Elden Ring.
2: Yeah, I um uh I, I've been trying to sort of pace myself with it a little bit because I don't want to get burnt out because I love it so much, you know. And so I played some Kirby in the middle of it mm-hmm. and uh, could not play two more different games. <laughs> uh, and I'm reviewing a game right now um, that I don't think I can talk about, but I'm playing that right now instead so of Elden Ring. But the last thing I did was beat uh, Melania, which uh, people consider to be the hardest mm, boss in the yeah, game. There you go. Uh, and I got super lucky because apparently the update that came like the right. day after I beat her made her oh, like
0: yeah. almost unbeatable. Yeah, or like, my
2: timing was perfect.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have not attempted her yet. We'll see how that will go. But I had some thoughts I wanted to share. I I feel like the discourse about Elden Ring needs to be tweaked slightly because the discourse is all about it's it's so hard. It's it's a very very difficult game, but I think it's more accurate to say it's only difficult compared to other modern games. And if you look at Elden Ring, uh, you know, in a vacuum, just compare it. Just think about what it's trying to do. There are so many ways to mediate that difficulty. For instance, I'm I, someone who you know has struggled with these games in the past, am about to cross the hundred hour mark. You can grind, you can grind, you know, like in RPGs, you can grind levels, grind for runes, you can overlevel, return to whatever you're trying to do, and you'll be much stronger. There's plenty of places in the game to do that, uh, and the, the developers don't seem, you know, they haven't passed any of these out, so they don't seem to have a problem with that. And the interesting yeah, yeah, about right. the, yeah, the interesting about that though is that. It also alleviates one of the biggest frustrations with the game, which is the sense of loss that you feel when you die. When you lose your runes, if you can't get back to wherever you died, you just mm-hmm. lose all of your runes. Most games, when you die, you just have to try again. This one, you actually lose the most, like, the lifeblood of the game. Everything you used to level up and buy items. But if you're overleveled, then all of a sudden, the enemies aren't, drive- aren't dropping significant amounts of runes, so you don't care. And it totally, yeah. like, frees you of that sense of loss. Mm-hmm. It does... a we'll level area right now. Oh, man, I'd have to look it up. I don't know over 100? No, I'm not over. I don't I'm, I think I'm like 80, 80 90 around there. So it's so weird cuz I never I never ru-
2: like um, farmed for runes at all. I just sort of played everything I could before progressing with the story. Mm-hmm. And somehow in doing that, I wound up getting to like level 145. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And once you get to a certain point, like it gets it takes so many freaking runes to get to oh, this level. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I'm at the point where I think it's almost 200,000 runes that I need to get oh my to another gosh. level. So it's just like, if I lose like 30,000 runes, which would have really upset me like 30 hours ago in the game, yep. it's like, oh, huh, yeah, I can beat like two enemies and get 30,000 mm-hmm. runes, whatever. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. You, you reach a point where you, you don't feel the sting of losing them any longer. And then also, so much of the game. Sam, this is what I wanted to point out to you. Mm-hmm. Should you should you give Elden Ring another shot? I, I think you should think of it a little bit like Symphony of the Night, which you describe. Mm-hmm. It's all about you know seeing about how far you can push yourself to find yeah. the next save room. The next save, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what the sights of grace are in uh, yeah. Elden Ring. You know, you're always like, I you know, Shh, I've got. If you if you if you have runes you want to keep you're like oh, I don't know I've got fifteen thousand runes now should I yeah. keep trying to find the next side of grace or should I just warp back <laughs> you know yeah. to safety and the game is also it's very much like that and like I said if you're if you're freed of the worry of losing those runes then you're much more adventurous trying to find the next set of mm-hmm.
3: mm-hmm. plus you can look up where the next side of grace is and exactly if you're really exactly. stressed out you can just use a guide exactly
0: mm. the other thing is uh, mm. the enemy AI is actually not that Smart. It's pretty easy. No. You have, you can, you know, you can, you can stealth. You can sneak. Pretty easy to sneak up on enemies if you don't walk right in front of their face. They're not going to see mm-hmm. you. If you get behind enemies, you can do a backstab, which isn't always a one hit kill, but it will take away a huge chunk of their life. It's super easy to do. It also means that if there's like a tough uh, group of enemies, <clears throat> you can probably just run past them. Like you don't have yeah. to like you don't have to engage. You can just run past them. And the cool thing is that when you die, you only use your run- lose your runes. You don't lose any items. So if, you're like, if, I, if I'm in a dungeon and there's a, a room with an item in it and some tough enemies, I just like run in as fast as I can, die. pick up all the items, and then fuck you. Who cares if I die? I keep all my yeah. items.
1: Yep. That was the same yeah. way. Like I, I am not playing Elden Ring, but that's the way I was playing it. It's like I just ignoring a lot of enemies and running around, scooping up as many items as I could. Yep. You get to keep
0: all those.
2: Yeah, they have this thing called, the is it the Flask of uh, Curious Physic or something like yeah, that? The yeah. thing that you can, like, combine tears into? Yep. And I found a tier that gives me, like, the sacrificial twig effect, which makes it so if I take that potion and I die, I don't lose any runes yes. within, like, a two-minute window. Yeah. So, like, if I ever go into an area that I'm just like, mm, yep. I might die here. I just take a swig, and I'm good. It's beautiful. <laughs> and brilliant. something that I found out, if you had died previously... And you take that swig and you die after you took that swig, and like say you just had zero runes, mm-hmm. you'll still have zero runes. But you can still pick up all the runes you lost like two mm-hmm. lives ago. Oh, interesting. So, like, it's, it's like very forgiving if you can find that one.
0: That's, That's cool. cool. That's cool. It's a good tip. And then, Colin, do you know about the uh, poison mist spell? Have you used that? So, I am like purely melee in this game,
2: which I've never done before in a, in a Souls game, but I. I ended up just really liking it. Mm. So I'm aware of it, but I, 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 I do not have the faith
0: to use it or whatever I need. I was mostly melee until I heard how you could use Poison Mist to cheese. So, so many enemies in the game. I post about this in the Facebook group. Like any enemy yeah. that's standing still, that doesn't have like a route they're patrolling, you can sneak behind them. I don't, I don't think I, I've tried it on many, many enemies. I've tried it on bosses. And major bosses, and it's worked. They do not react to you casting this poison spell, and they don't react as they start losing hit points. So they'll just stand there until they just fall over dead, and it may take a while. <laughs> I, I, I just—do you on think that that's game. like a bug? That's—do you think
1: that's like designed? For what I think, reason? So here's here's my thoughts okay,
2: on like AI design in all of these games. I think they're intentionally extremely video gamey mm. and extremely predictable. So. Because the game knows it's hard. It knows that it'll kill you, like in just a couple hits, even with like some kind of lower level enemies. Yeah. But like, it makes it so if you are redoing the same things over and over again, it's not super frustrating because you can sort of predict what will and will not happen. And so, like, I think it fully anticipates you cheesing stuff like this all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's not coming from someone who's just like, soft does no wrong." There's nothing wrong with any of their design philosophy. It's all perfect. I, but I do genuinely think that stuff like that is like intentional.
0: Well, I I appreciate it. I use it whenever I can. There's a there's like all these, you know, sort of gated areas where there's a, a boss just sort of waiting for you to arrive before you can mm-hmm. progress. But if they're not moving, I can just sneak up behind them and just start casting poison spell, wait twenty minutes maybe, and they'll eventually I think- and feel over dead. <laughs> twenty minutes? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I okay. think it's really fun. Well, that's why he's played a hundred hours. I think it's really <laughs> funny how all those bosses are sitting there just waiting calmly, peacefully. Yeah. They're just waiting to kill you specifically. That's their only like, purpose. Yep.
3: Yeah, nothing ever fights it's each other in that game. Huh?
1: And there's like a well, lot, that's that's not, true. you will sometimes yeah. see like crabs fighting other stuff, but so, so oh, but it's a monster like,
3: fighting human things.
1: But I just, like, they know, like, sometimes, though, Damon, it's, it's comedic. Like, sometimes they do the opposite of what you're describing, where you cast poison on them till they die. Sometimes it's like you enter their area from, like, a half mile away, and then they immediately turn around and beeline. They're like, here we go.
0: <laughs> yeah. There's been a couple like that, too. Anyway, that's my Elden Ring update. Sam, is it true you beat unpacking? Yeah, but that's not easy. That's not <laughs> It's not difficult <laughs> to do. <laughs> you moved in. You, yeah, I didn't in. know I didn't know that was a game you could beat. Yeah, there's an ending
3: and there's even like a uh, uh, like a old school video game ending where like it shows like a little scene. That's all you get. Aside from the satisfaction that you put all your coffee cups in a place that you're really proud of and that makes a lot of logical sense if you're going to make coffee. And the game doesn't I- let you get too illogical. So, do you do no. you know this game concept at all?
0: I know the concept, but I guess I didn't realize there was even is that, how do you fail how's what's the fail state of this game
3: there's no way to fail you only okay. fail by uh you know putting your toilet paper under the wrong sink and then it's like no 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 no, you can't do that
1: there's little there's also little Easter eggs for putting stuff like all the game's achievements are like if you put something in a logical place like you put all your uh like uh cookie jars on the top like on the very top shelf of your kitchen because that's where yeah. cookie jars go like that's the game's achievements but it never like tells you that.
3: It, it calls it like a sometimes snack is the name of that achievement. Or right. uh, if you put your hair curler in the shower and set it down for a second, it will tell you that, you know, you won like a life risking achievement. Um, but yeah, so like the basic concept of the game is that you start, you know, in these different, it's one one person and you're unpacking stuff from like a kid through adulthood. And so like the cool like toy story aspect of it is that so you like see these things show up over and over again. Right. And so, yeah. and then, and, and the game progressively tells a story wh- in a passive way that's extremely smart. And it's just like, it's totally worth doing. And then the reason I'm playing this game, by the way, I also just started spirit fair and I'm actually completely hooked in that game. Um, I, I did these end to end is cause I'm watching so much TV right now. I cannot get back into Elden, Ring. I just don't have the time. So I need to play things that, like, I have 20 minutes, you know, 30 minutes for uh, because I'm trying to keep up on all these contemporary shows. And they're bad shows, too, like, you know, like Picard. Like, I have to watch every Star Trek. I'm compelled to, but, like, the season's not going great. And Halo, like, I love Halo like crazy, but I have to watch it. So there's that stuff on top of the shows that I want to watch. So that's basically, like, my my gameplay right now is keeping up on all the sci-fi stuff, you know? I will say Our Flag Means Death is amazing.
0: Okay. Do you know what that is? I've just heard the name.
3: It's Taika Waititi, and then it's his cast of the the kind of cast of comedians from what we do in the shadows. Is basically you'll recognize so many people in it. Like it's like it's that it's that you know mindset and that type of humor about pirates. And it's like I think it's mid season or just finished season on HBO. But it's so good to start it right now because like you need to watch a couple episodes, uh, and it's better to watch them back to back. And then uh, there's like a little bit of a twist. And then, like, the cast is really good after that. There's, like, an int- introductory character. Anyway, digression. Unpacking. Super cool. Recommend it. And you can play it in these little little sections, and it tells a story.
1: <clears throat> they do. I, I played Unpacking, I think, in one sitting and loved it. I don't know if I ever talked about it on GameScoop. Um, and, you know, it's, like, three hours long. One so it's like sitting?
3: Your your brain must have been like putting so many things into invisible containers as you fell asleep that night.
1: I was very it was a very stressful time, and the game is perfect for that. Like, but you know, like Sam alluded to, you're it's one person from the time they're a kid to the time you know all the way through their life. Each time they're moving into a new place, so you see them move into their first you know really really crappy college dorm and then like their first apartment and then like you see them progress and unpack all their stuff and and then the story takes some interesting turns based off how they're moving and what they're doing but one really cute thing is um they have a little teddy bear that like follows them. Like they take it with them everywhere through their whole life and it gets like rattier and older as they go. And then you always have to figure out like where in their life, you know, like they're clearly middle-aged now, like where do they want to put this sentimental teddy bear? That's like important to them. And Mm -hmm. and sometimes you have to make like tough choices. Like, Ooh, maybe it goes under the bed. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't know where to put it anymore. Um, but it's very fun. it's very open ended. You can't fail, so it's like it's just satisfying like when you're unpacking their like kid room, like mm-hmm. where do I want to put all their action figures and you know stuff like that it's It's really cute and well done and and like they unpack newer and more modern game consoles as the game goes yeah, on, so it does cool. It does really clever stuff like that too.
3: It's actually set in years, so it's like it goes yeah. I don't know it's like two thousand three two thousand six and then two thousand eleven. And the, the, the person in the game is like a few years off from me, but like overlaps with my college years, overlaps with, you know, like, like, you know, it's like not spot on, but it's close. So it's really cool because you start out with yeah. a, a GameCube and it's, it's like a GameCube and the box art, you can recognize the, it's pixelated. It's like all you know, uh, fake uh, retro graphics um, or, or retro style graphics, I should say. Um, and uh, and so you can like see like Wind Waker when you like pick up the ga- and you can see the GameCube art a little bit. And, you know It's cool. just all a little bit off. So you go through that and then you get a Wii and the character only gets like, I think it's like one or two Wii games, mm-hmm. but then they keep all of the GameCube games, you know, which is like, a, it's just like a really funny relatable thing. It's like, you can see Wii Sports and then like yeah. nothing else, you know, and then like there's like all these Blu-rays eventually. So it's really mm-hmm. funny. So there's a little twist like that.
0: Cool. Did you play unpacking on PC?
3: No, I'm playing it on Game Pass, which makes it super oh, cool. easy. So that was it. Thing. That's great. So I should have yep. prefaced with that. The reason I'm doing this like bubblegum gaming right now is because I grabbed that. I grabbed Spirit Bear, I grabbed Halo Wars 2. All just because they're just like they You just load them on Game Pass in like one minute and then they're just mm-hmm. there. I got a few others, too that i'm that i'm thinking about trying but that's like kind of my order right now i'm gonna go through spirit fairy Then i'm gonna try hello wars too so yeah I'm, I'm excited to kind of plumb the depths of smaller games on game pass
0: yeah i cool that's cool i didn't know that was on game pass that sounds great
3: yeah mm-hmm. it's
0: nice and justin what's the uh, lego update
1: <laughs> i finished uh lego harry potter and now i'm on to lego star wars 3 the clone wars oh wow so, like, there's these Lego games that have, like, these different milestones, right? Like, Lego Harry Potter is the first one that has, like, a hub world in it. And Lego Batman is the first one that's not, like, parodying an established movie. It's telling its own story. And, like, oh. the, 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 par- the thing about Lego Clone Wars is that's the first Lego game that I didn't know. I've never seen it. I don't know anything about it. I don't even think I knew it existed. Um, I mean, I don't know. If, I suppose if someone were to ask me, like, Hey, did they make a Lego game based off Clone Wars? I'd be like, yeah, I guess they did. But like, this is the first one I'm going into, like completely blind.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: It's been good so far, but it, it this is also the first and probably only Lego game where I don't know. I haven't seen the source material. Yeah, it's like I've seen Hobbit. I've seen Lord of the Rings. I've seen all the rest of them. And <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's like there's this silly stuff happening. And I'm like, I don't have any connection to any of this. Mm-hmm.
3: It's canon, so, though. I mean, not the, not the Lego game, but the show is. Yeah. So maybe I'll we'll <laughs> yeah. do some stuff that like, is going to be like suddenly in a, a live-action show that you're watching. You're like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. that's from Clone Wars. Because
4: I hear that happens a lot if you don't watch that series. Yeah,
1: yeah definitely. Especially now with like Mandalorian and all that stuff coming mm-hmm. back. Sam, have you watched Clone Wars?
3: I've watched some of Clone Wars. Um, mo- mostly I watched uh, early on, there was like a movie that came mm-hmm. out uh, you know, in mm-hmm. conjunction with it. So I watched the first couple seasons, but I never watched Rebels. So that's the one I haven't, I haven't mm-hmm. seen. All and I haven't seen any of Bad Batch. But yeah, I did watch the, the There's
4: a Jabba the Hut. Um. Well, there's a there's a Hutling. Hutling. Stinky. Yeah. Named Stinky. That's, yeah. And that's what the movie's about. I thought it was pretty fun.
0: I hear some of the Clone Wars is good. I just I can't get behind the art style. I know it, I, I I tried watching it front to back and like it starts
2: off really bad. Really? Uh, like pretty, pretty low quality stuff. But I looked up an abridged like watch mm-hmm. order
5: mm-hmm.
2: and I recommend doing that because there's oh, actually smart. some really good stuff in there. Yeah. Um, um, and, and, and if you and if you do those, they'll basically tell you like which ones to do. So you make sure you get like the Darth Maul arc and stuff. Yeah. Like that.
0: yeah. And so that's
2: yeah. worth yeah. it. Um, you got to do it. A it's, it's a show with a lot of filler. So if you can get away from the filler, it's great
1: and like i just i've tried watching clone wars several times and i have a sickness where i can't skip filler um i just have to (laughs) even in anime like i have to watch all the filler and but like clone wars is like it's the one except like it's a kid's show right Mm -hmm. so you're gonna watch some episode about some crappy kid that like and I would be sitting in my basement on my giant TV watching some kids cartoon with some kids plot. And I'm like, what am I doing? Um, yeah, but if you, if you actually watch like, you know, the arcs and, and like, you know, the stuff that is more serialized, like then it's, it's, it's the one time
4: they I make an exception to my, uh, you know, skip the filler rule. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Getting into this week's news, it's become very common for even fairly obscure retro games to get re-releases now. But one game I did not expect to hear was getting re-released this week is Zero Tolerance, the 1994 Sega Genesis first-person shooter getting re-released this week as the Zero Tolerance Collection, which is funny because as far as I know, there was only ever one <laughs> Zero Tolerance. Uh, the collection is going to include the original game, which we're seeing here. This is a first-person shooter Doom clone running on Sega Genesis. Um, the uh, you know, as a Doom oh, nice. clone, as a Doom clone, no, it's it's not that spectacular, but it does run pretty well. I think uh, uh, surprisingly well on the Sega Genesis. And I believe I've yeah. mentioned this game before because this game is very gory and it's awesome. It has oh. awesome, has awesome pixelated gore, blood that splatters on the walls and slides down, and it looks really chunky, like guts, and I love mm-hmm. it. It's great. That's Mm. why I recommend this game. But it includes the original and then something called Zero Tolerance Underground. And then the prototype of the sequel that was never released called Beyond Zero Tolerance. That I get. The original prototype of the sequel. I don't know what Zero Tolerance Underground is. I can't find any reference to it online. (laughs) (laughs) But it's in this game. Three Zero Tolerance games. Wow! Yeah, the the the
3: Genesis is really working hard in this game. It doesn't look yeah. bad. It holds up pretty well too. I, I but, love, you know, this. I played Super Nintendo Doom a lot, and the Doom cl- the this Jurassic Park is a Doom clone on it, which yeah. is fantastic. I love that game, and uh, even though it's like janky, it's like Zelda mashed up with with doom like it's it's a really interesting game yeah. but i've never i've never played the series at all nor do, did i think to rent it i should I, if i would have known at the time that it was doom like i would have because i played like every game like that so mm-hmm. just completely how did you play and you, you rented
0: it at the time i didn't play it at the time i played it you know recently you know just through the okay. yeah, emulation I don't,
3: I don't know how available that game was in the united states at the time but i'll have to
0: look at it up. yeah well, Alan, if you could bring up the footage again one more time, I think the only reason it runs as well as it does is because the actual play field is so small yeah. on the screen. That's yeah. what
1: I was going to say. It's like, it's so crazy. <laughs> like,
3: force the resolution
0: like, to be yeah. smaller. It's easier. Yeah. This is a deathmatch mode though. Yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Or maybe, I, mean, I guess it might be cooperative for all I know. I'm not really sure. Look at how the, ga- the game itself it's just, is like- it's, like. it's basically like in your, when you're driving, it's the rear view mirror, <laughs> like yeah. compared to your well, windshield.
1: And but, like TVs, TVs were already thirteen inches back then. Like the yeah, game is yeah. an inch and a half <laughs> tall,
2: and it works. I, I love like, the wide I like aspect. Why do they just have it. this guy's like yeah, driver's license or whatever I know. I don't know this Well, is. they always like, had to
3: find a, that isn't filler information. Yeah, well, I know yeah. it's. You're totally right. Like all the games that had that always had like a funny heads up filler area. And they just had to. Do that. The map looks great here, though. Like, look how much the That's map's cool. working hard too. Yeah, with yeah. Like real-time updates of the dots. Like, that's that's a whole separate, I don't know. That's It's a cool little engine we're seeing here for the Genesis.
0: Well, in case anyone was wondering if Zero Tolerance Collection is worth picking up, I have the Electronic Gaming Monthly Review from Ooh. 1994. This is from September. They gave it a 9, a 6, a 7, and an 8. So pretty good. Wow. I'll read the nine score. For those of you who can't get enough Wolfenstein and Doom, Accolade has got a new first-person game that's sure to test your mettle. Zero Tolerance surprisingly uh, scrolls smoothly and plays great. At times, the enemy can get pretty cheap. The levels are huge, and I like all the weapons you can pick up. Overall, Zero Tolerance is a fast-paced shooter that shines particularly well on the Sega Genesis. Then, at the other end, the low score, The Six, said Zero Tolerance is one of the most violent games I have ever played. The gore, blood, and carnage uh, throughout the levels are excellent it's <laughs> great sorry the text is very small it's great tagging every enemy in sight with all the cool weapons as a one-player game it's great i just don't care for the two-player simultaneous game maybe it's because i want to do all the killing So i guess it is cooperative capping my partner was fun sometimes maybe not the control also needs weeding out that's a six
1: mm. hmm. That's a really, that's like really glowing praise, actually. That's a really it's like, high, yeah. high scoring. I, I, it doesn't match up to me. Yeah.
3: You do have to, you do have to imagine playing this on that chonky Genesis controller and how much that would contribute <laughs> to the pain of this game. Three buttons. They had to make games three buttons, even though they had the six button.
1: Did you pick up on um, how that game, like the the clearly like deathmatch hadn't entered the nomenclature yet? I guess for like game critics, like the two player mode, like it's just just funny. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Anyway, Zero Tolerance Collection is coming sometime this year for everything. It's even coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X. So looking forward to that. Whether
1: you like it or not,
0: chunky bloody pixels sliding down walls on my PS5. (laughs) I
1: want every game described that way chuggy Blake. Hey, look Le- no lego skywalker <laughs> skywalker saga is coming to switch whether you like it or not
5: <laughs> it's like
1: what are you talking about
0: <laughs> let's check in with the listeners hey listeners oh, all yeah. right listeners remember you can always reach us at the email address gamescoop at ign.com just like overlord of the superfans matt jones did Matt writes in to say, I'm a 2B. is that a self-described title? Uh, hmm. I, th- I, I, I yeah. knighted him that title many, many years ago. Yeah, many, he's many been writing ago. in almost War, as long, maybe War. longer than Big he's, Tony style. Yeah, he's yeah, he's the original GameScoop super fan.
3: Why don't you pause before his name?
0: It's
1: just that's not how you pronounce his name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Big Tony style. His name actually just has <laughs> 10 spaces in front of it.
0: So that's you have how to... It's, it. That's how Ellipsis. it's Ellipsis. Big Dirty style. <laughs> <laughs> MATT SAYS, I'm a 2D Sonic fan. I love Sonics 1 through 3. I think Sonic Mania was an incredible continuation of that tradition. So when Sonic Origins was announced, I was super excited. Then they released the trailer, and I was even more excited. Hearing that some of the people who helped to make Sonic Mania took the lead on these remasters was great. And then they revealed the whole DLC situation. Pretty much all the DLC is stuff that should 100% be included in the main game. Additional Genesis music, camera controls in the main menu, letterbox backgrounds, all those things for $5 or a pre-order bonus. Ridiculous. <laughs> Sonic has a lot of goodwill goodwill from two pretty good movies in Sonic Mania recently, so I don't know what they were thinking with this move. Uh and it is just, it is an interesting and very confusing situation. Like it's whether or not you think like the way they're handling it is like, you know, greedy or unfair. It's confuse it shouldn't be confusing knowing how to get all the content in the game. Yeah. Right.
1: It's just, it's just stupid. Like it's stu- It's so silly to me that it's $5. It's like they had to make this giant matrix of like what comes in what edition just to sell the game for 40 bucks and then sell like a fancier version of the game for $45. It's like, just charge $45 and put that stuff in the game. Like why the amount of work that they made for themselves just <laughs> to sell A $5 version of the game. (laughs) There it is. So like, I don't I don't even necessarily have an opinion on like, you know, whatever, like deluxe editions of games have existed, you know, for over a decade now. I'm more I'm just so baffled by the fact that it's
0: $5 more.
3: But they use little rings to mark the chart. I
0: know (laughs) there should be one version that comes with all the rings. (laughs) Not nothing has all the rings.
3: For those that are listening that can't see this, there is a there's an infographic that Sega released that we're showing on the show. You can check it out on IGN or YouTube, and uh, it's this—it's—it's mm. it's a, a a complex little table that shows what's in everything. But the best part about it is that if you get the deluxe edition, that you pay more for, it doesn't come with everything. <laughs> 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 you, to get everything, you also have to, I believe, pre-order it. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, I guess if you or pay five dollars, if you pre-order the digital deluxe edition, yeah, that's the only have- way to get everything.
3: But if you buy the digital deluxe edition after, you won't get. 100 bonus coins, whatever that means. Mirror mode or letterbox
1: backgrounds. Yeah, background. Yeah, background. Yeah,
4: which is so, important. It's a it has Sonic's
3: license in the lower right corner. I, th-
1: I think I'm going to buy this. Though. Like I'm on record. I'm afraid to even bring up Sonic the Hedgehog on this show because they they come after me once a year or so. Um, I'm a known. I'm a known Sonicator. But the truth is that I grew up with the Genesis. I was a Genesis g- kid growing up. I was not a Super Nintendo kid growing up, and so. Like that music and the, the visuals like that triggers much deeper nostalgia for me than like, you know, than than Super Mario World does, if I'm being honest. And so I haven't played these games, you know, in a long, long time. And, um, you know, I watch both the movies with my kids and they're really cute. Um, so I'm, I, I don't know. Like, I think I'm going to buy it for 40 bucks for, you know, four classics. Let's go. I'm on yeah. board. So it's the first
0: it's Sonic's 1, 2, 3, 1, two and three. And then Sonic CD. Uh Sonic and yeah, and Sonic Sonic 3 and Knuckles and mm-hmm. Sonic C D, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's another eight pieces of content that are not included in the standard edition. They're just spread across all these different editions. <laughs> the craziest thing to me is that uh one of the things that's locked behind this premium fun pack uh that I guess is five bucks is character animation in the main menu. I was ho- I was hoping <laughs> you'd bring that up. It's so stupid. What? So just like yeah. Uh-uh, if you don't, if you. you don't pay extra, what I'm trying to think, the main menu is just like, it's usually just a big Sonic, right? With this like well, a there's board.
3: probably a, a, a overall menu screen. Right.
0: right. My other favorite one was um,
1: the music visualizer. Like, in the soundtrack mode, the characters only animate if you buy the $5 DLC. Like,
2: what? It's so stupid. <laughs> like, in my mind, it's just like, you know, honestly, sell one version of this game. Make it $45. Yeah, put sure. everything in it. Sure. Uh, like, fi- like I, 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 like pro consumer, like being able to give them like a cheaper option. But like Justin was saying, it's like four or five dollars. Like it, it's just they made such a big mess <laughs> out of something that should have been like an absolute easy home run for them.
3: Well, let me put this into perspective. Sonic the Hedgehog four came out as an episodic game. I
2: know. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> on on phones, right? It was a mobile game. No,
3: it was on everything, and I was not everything. Okay. playing on phones. Um. I think I reviewed it too. This is what, really? one of those one of those Damon moments. That's what we're calling them.
1: Oh, um, I did that I, I, I did that recently with um I was doing research for my Lego project and I reviewed I reviewed Lego Harry Potter two for IGN and I'm like, A, I don't remember reviewing that game, but B yeah. in scarier, I don't even remember playing that game. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure I did. Like, well, I remember So I remember testing the PS Vita version and just, I remember doing that. Like, that's my memory. And like, but clearly I played through the whole game on like Xbox or something. I don't know.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I played Sonic uh, four and probably Wii or something. Um, The, uh, that, and you know, that's also like, you know, why, why exclude that? Why exclude color? I don't get this stuff, man. Like Sonic one, two and three, you can play it anywhere. You can buy like the worst Sega Genesis uh, off the shelf thing. Remember that one that you got, Damon? The at uh, at games one. Yeah, like yeah. they all have good versions of Sonic at least on them. And so yeah. uh, what I do really like that there's like a widescreen, absolutely done in engine, like redone version of this, and it looks like you know frame rate will like look really cool and stuff like that. Like that's a cool way to like kind of you know redo old games. But like, yeah, it's hard for me to get excited about these. I, I love these games. <laughs> I played them so much though. Like I I don't know if I want to own them in another way. I'm looking.
1: I'm looking on Steam. So the original Sonic games are five dollars each on Steam, so you can get those four games for twenty bucks.
3: And, then, and then I, I know that CD is not in Genesis collections because it's not a Genesis game, so the, that's a little bit oh. less accessible. But it's around.
0: Right? Wait, wait. What are you saying again about Sonic you talking CD? About the oh, okay. game. Well, I was. Well, I was going to point out. That Sega Genesis Classics is an awesome collection, and it's on the PlayStation Spring Sale, sale right now, sixty seven percent off. It's only ten bucks, and that includes Sonic's one and two. It doesn't have three or CD. I
4: remember, yeah, it was weird. That but, had three,
0: you know, it has like every almost every other great Sega Genesis game on there. Shining Force one and two, yeah. uh, you know, Streets of Rage one two three, Golden Axe one two three, crazy stuff like Crackdown, Comic Zone, Decapitation. I definitely want
3: to like, like throw this I'll, this Sonic. Collection will be fun to like throw on a TV in the office if we ever yeah. work in an office together again, right? Because like people will play through them and you know they get impossible after level four, but uh, they're fun and like maybe it'll have some save states and rewinds and stuff like that to make them more accessible. Do you see
1: that? Oh, one really cool thing it has is it has this cool mission mode that's like you know, it's like you know, beat a level without but getting fewer than five coins or like destroy five yeah. of this enemy in a level, like
3: like any remix there's... type stuff. I love that. So,
1: I, Me too. I can't slag I, I, that. I, I love it. And then I think, I don't know that this is true, but I think you earn like little coins that let you unlock, you know, the music tracks and little bonuses and stuff like that. So that's that, what that's you need pretty... those 100 free coins for. Yeah. I think, I think that's true. Yeah, that's rad.
3: Yeah, they're using well, coins, even though the game is about rings. I just want to point that out. Different currencies.
0: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sonic Origins is out June 23rd. And good luck to all Scoop Nation uh, who wants to try and get all the content.
3: It's hard to uh, see Sega going back on this decision too. We'll see.
0: Oh, I was, so, yeah, I, I was going to wonder. I was actually going to ask that thing too. Yeah, yeah. Um, like
3: other companies, what, like EA might change their policy or something. But like Sega of Japan,
4: like I don't know. I don't know. It's unlikely. I we'll see,
1: I could see them saying, "We're just going to give you everybody this five dollars stuff." Maybe. <laughs> we'll, we'll see.
3: Maybe you have to beat every level on you know hard mode and you can unlock it that way. Except you can't play hard mode unless you get this one version.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is mike in toronto and he wants to know if you're up for some video game trivia i mean says sure. i, no- hmm? I notice so you like playing-
1: half of this episode <laughs> i mean we don't we don't really have a choice because we're just here on the show <laughs> <All> right, yeah <laughs> he
0: says
3: i i right, noticed you like oh yeah not not ready for some trivia <laughs> uh,
0: he says i noticed you like playing parlor games from time to time on GameScoop, like GameScoop, The uh, uh, real mature video games one, and of course. Sorry
3: to sound very super villain.
0: Video game 20 questions, but a notable omission is a gaming trivia, probably because it's a chore to come up with the questions yourself. To help lighten Damon's workload, I've come up with 10 gaming trivia questions you might wish to use on the show. Here we go. After Mario and Mega Man, which video game franchise has seen the most entries?
3: Why? I wouldn't even think Mario and Mega Man would have the most entries.
1: (laughs) Yeah, same.
4: Like uh, king of fighters? Mega they have seventeen of them.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how so to I, answer this. Is this is this is this including like non-mainline entries then? So like just real, real deep spin-off stuff? I've provided all
0: be. I've provided all the information, all the
3: information. I have. Alright, then I'm gonna go with Final <laughs> Fantasy.
0: <laughs> Donkey Kong oh, Mike in Toronto says it's Sonic the Hedgehog. I was about to say Sonic. That's oh, a lot sorry. of Sonic. You didn't, me,
2: you didn't let me answer.
0: Sure. All right, <laughs> oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Colin. I'll make sure everyone gets in there. Okay. In Colin, the early, you can just answer the next one. You're by yourself. All right. Fine. Um, <laughs> the answer is Sonic. You gotta get it right okay. In the early PlayStation Classic Jumping Flash, you control what kind of robotic animal?
3: It could be Sonic the
0: Hedgehog. Rabbit. I think it's a rabbit. <laughs> it is a rabbit. It is a yeah. rabbit. What was the original? Yeah. What was the original pack-in game for the Sega Genesis? Altered Beast. Oh, also, yeah, though, Altered Beast, right? Was really? Altered beast. I did not know that. In Star Wars, Masters of the Terras Kassi, just what is the Terras Kassi? These are really um, hard. I know a lot about video games, I think. Games, I, think.
1: I,
3: uh, I think it's a uh, like an order of, um, of uh, powered up um, people
1: that are not Jedi. Or maybe, I'm, I, I, I'm going to guess it's a lightsaber fighting style.
0: I'm going to guess that it's just the arena that they fight in. Justin right, is close. Justin's closest. It's just the fighting style. It's the fighting style uh, they're using.
3: <laughs> Even though it's like a Wookiee up against a Jedi. <laughs> a no, up against- it's
0: all Terence Gassi. Princess Leia. <laughs> uh, on what date was Sega's Dreamcast released in North America? 9999. Uh, yeah. 9999. I like this yeah. question. This is a good one. What game features Sean Connery's final performance as James Bond? <laughs> oh.
3: it's it's not James Pond Jr.
1: Right?
0: <laughs> uh,
3: they
1: they they had that they had the, EA made that. I can picture the game. They had like it's called like Bond like Legends or something like that, where they brought oh, back I, multiple Bonds, right?
3: I bet it's just Goldeneye because there's like a Sean Connery Bond that you can unlock and play as. Hmm.
4: I don't, I, I don't know.
0: He wouldn't have provided like any sort of voice for that. But apparently 2005's From Russia with Love actually featured cool. Sean Connery. Hmm. That's great. Oh. Yeah. Hmm.
1: It was a game. I'm looking at There was a game called 007 Legends, but it was right. not at all what
0: I just said. It was, so. <laughs> it's a Lego <laughs> well, game. It sounds like that. It's a Lego game. Uh, <laughs> what was the final game officially released for the NES in North America?
3: Um... It's Ooh, there's lay, a options. Late NES Yoshi's so, oh, Cookie. Wario's Woods has a rate, game rating on it, so I would say probably that. It's Wario's
0: Woods. Yeah! <laughs> couple more. The NES pseudo-classic, Faxanadu, is the sequel to what Japanese PC original?
4: Um, first of all, there's some question about the pronunciation
3: of that game now, which I've mentioned in the show before. It could be... Fazanadu.
5: <laughs> yeah.
3: Wait, that's a sequel to a a, a PC RPG, Jap-
0: Japanese PC game.
3: And let me just ask you one question, Damon. Do you, did you know the name of
4: this Japanese PC
0: game? Uh, I I I I wouldn't have known if I hadn't been prompted. But once you know it, it's it's very very obvious what it would be.
4: Faxana hmm. One. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, I don't know. I agree. The original, or the game that Fax Xanadu is a sequel to is called Xanadu.
1: I was going to say that. Ah, oh. I was thinking
2: that too. Hmm. I was going to make a joke be... saying like Xanadu 2, like Rosebud or some stupid <laughs> yeah, reference.
3: I like Fax Xanadu 1. Um, I, uh, uh, but it's also be, it's fantasy Xanadu. So is the first game not fantasy? I don't get it. Whatever.
0: I don't know. Uh, and then the fi- final question. Final question of. Of these three, which character do not appear in PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale? Crash Bandicoot, Kratos, or Ratchet? Crash. Crash. Yeah, it, it is Crash. Apparently, Crash was not in PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale. Just crazy. Sure, because sure, Crash had gone multi by that point. Maybe. Yeah, it's I, Activision. I guess he had gone to Activision. Yeah.
4: Anyway, nice. I'm so job. upset about the Fazaner. dude. Question, I'm just trying out the
3: pronunciation on, because I, can, I have like, you know, I don't have photographic memory, but I, I have something something like it. And I just saw the Wikipedia page, and I can picture reading the facts that I was just, I can read off about Facts Anadio, and that would have been clearly on that, and I didn't, I didn't internalize it. Very disappointing.
0: Okay, this is Max the Frenchman from Sydney, Australia. Mm -hmm. Long-time listener, first-time writer, here's a short question, which I hope you will all enjoy discussing. We often talk about what our favorite video games are or who our favorite characters are, but recently I've been wondering what my all-time favorite in-game locations were. By location, I mean a specific place within the game where part of the action or story takes place. It could be a building, a town, or even an entire map area that you thought was either beautiful or well-designed that triggers intense gaming nostalgia for you. For example, I always think fondly of Midgar in the Shinra building in OG Final Fantasy VII, the mansion in the OG Resident Evil, uh, someplace in Dark Souls, and, or the Skellig Islands in Witcher 3. All are places that remind me of my past gaming achievements and how amazing video game worlds can be. Game Scoop, what are your favorite in-game locations? I didn't, I didn't give any thought
1: to this prior to the show. I wish I would have because I feel ready like to go. I go. Okay. Yeah, go for it.
4: OK, so
3: I like castles. I think they're really cool. And so, when I, I you know, there's an obvious one. I, I think Castlevania one specifically has the coolest castles. Two it just has a bunch of mansions. Come on. I mean, it has a castle at the end, but mansions, I'm not as into as castles. So, uh, Castlevania is really cool. And I love specifically the sense of place that you get because it shows the clock tower in the background on. You know, world, whatever, three or four, you can like that's see cool. it and then you like get to it by the end of the game. Love that. And then uh, I really like in Dragon Slayer, that's like a really cartoony, cool kind of Disney castle. That is another one that I just adore. And then uh, one of the other games I wanted to call out, which is weird, that I really like is Goonies uh, 2. Whoa. Uh, I like Goonies 1 also. They both start in that, um, you know, the the summer restaurant. And then they both go like go into subterranean levels, and it's awesome. Like it's just like really a cool sense of place. And then that links to my final one, which I I know hopefully spawns other people's memories. But I I love the text adventure Zork, um, and the Underground Empire. Zork is uh, you know very near and dear to me. I love it described well in text, and then in these funny CD-ROM games later, like Return to Zork, they like realized it in graphics. You know, you can kind of compare your memory of it or you know mm-hmm. your your internal uh, you know, concept of it. But that game is all about like everything's underground, right? So there's like giant environments and, and huge areas that are like carefully like carved into the sides of caves. And then you're in very
4: dark areas and very beautiful areas. And I, I just love it. I think it's the mm-hmm. cool setting. Did I do good? Did I... answer the question? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> okay. Colin? Um I really love The beginning sections in
2: Zelda games, specifically like 3D Zelda games, Mm -hmm. they're like they're very like age of innocency, very like pastoral, very much like you're just sort of a kid before you go off on this big adventure, you know. And there's just something very like quaint and calming to all of it, like Kakariko Village and Ocarina of Time. Um, But I think. I think my favorite is Outset Island from Wind Waker. Like it's just such a yeah, island. It's just it's just such a little vibe. Like I wish that there was more on that island just so I could spend more time there.
3: Yeah. Unlike Link to the Past, where it's just rainy and your uncle's dead. You're like, okay, <laughs> here goes the game. <laughs>
1: just throw you into it. <laughs> Justin and then come to you. Yeah. I regret, like, I may want to, like, come back to this next week. Like The two that are, like, in my brain, and I don't know that these are actually my favorite, but as I said, I didn't prep in advance, are uh, Balaam Garden from Final Fantasy VIII, which is the mm. opening hours of the game takes place there. And it's just sort of a, it's like a school, you know, a cool school where you start the game and it's a really, really neat location. And then um, the Citadel from Mass Effect uh, is another mm. very memorable Yeah. Memorable location that you revisit, sort of you return to it throughout the game and, you know, advance a lot of uh, uh, side quests and stuff. There and meet a lot of interesting characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I
3: have a, a runner up castle that Justin, I bet you'll agree with, which is the Mario 64 castle.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh
4: man.
3: Great place. Yeah. It has a sense of like architecture and like and like interconnected secret passages and like, you know, the layout of that in your brain. And it's like yeah. full of surprises, and I think that's like a it's a great game environment. And Banjo Kazooie did a pretty good job with until this mountain doing that too. But uh, I think it, yeah. Yeah, Mario Castle, it, it well, is, and it's got I crazy slides.
1: Yeah, it's got crazy slides. I saw a really interesting YouTube essay that like I never felt about Mario 64 this way, but they talked about how as a kid they found it really scary and creepy because of how lonely it is. Like Mario's mm. footsteps are really echoey through the castle. You never meet anybody else. It's completely empty and it's um, loaded with ghosts and rabbits. Yeah. And, and just sort of it's got this kind of weird vibe to it that like again, I never like I think I was a little bit too old like when I played that game. But if you played that game when you were like three or four years younger than me, yeah, I could see it being kind of a creepy place. Technically, but, um,
3: you're never alone, because Lucky 2 is right behind
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that that game has a canon reason for just the their camera, yeah. like what the camera is.
0: Uh, I had a couple. I have a classic one and then a more uh, modern one. My classic one is Castle Shadowgate. Probably isn't too surprising. Castle? To. Long time listeners to this show. Uh, as a kid, it totally captivated me. I know that it's a point and click game, Shadowgate is, and I know that uh you know, not everyone has the patience for that but just the sense that i had that i was like exploring this really creepy castle and there's all these cool you know monsters everywhere and weird traps and all mm-hmm. that I, i've like i yearn for like a modern game that's like that where i you know i imagine a game that's as beautiful as like horizon forbidden west where i i'm free to roam uh, a creepy castle Like things like Resident Evil Village or get a little bit close to that, but it's not. I didn't know you were a castle boy too. Yeah, castle (laughs) boy. We all we all are. Yeah, good. We go go to some real
4: castles. I miss them. Gotta go to Europe for that, or weird parts of America.
0: There's one in Napa that's a winery, uh, Sam. I forget the name, but we I checked it out for Christmas. It has a dungeon. Yeah, it's cool.
3: Didn't that didn't get that get nailed pretty hard in the last fire?
0: I was there over Christmas. It was
3: oh, up yeah.
0: and running. It was good. Yeah, yeah I got you. You would hope that the stone would sort of protect it from the fire. It's kind of the whole point of a castle, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, my modern one is uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I think yeah. it would be the mm-hmm. Aegean Sea. Just sailing the Aegean Sea. Like, I love cool. the water. I love being out on the water anyway. But uh, a, a common daydream of mine is just like, imagine like the world back then would have been so beautiful and pristine. There would be no pollution, right? There's not a single bit of plastic in that sea. It'd be, I just can't, uh, it's hard to even like <clears throat> picture how nice the world must have been back then. But in a game like Assassin's Creed, you know, I kind of like feel like I'm, I'm back there. It's great. Um, before we jump into 20 questions, I have, there's a, a sort of a companion. Question that, let's see, we got an email from when back from when Tina was hosting. This is a rejected question. Tina rejected this question. I want everyone to know.
1: Oh, that's such a
0: harsh way to I, put I, it. I know. On blast. I'm I'm, I'm, just, I'm she just
3: was so excited a, about it. She sent it back to Damon
0: to use. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it comes from Ryan. Ryan says, hey, Omega Cops, I'm a listener of almost eight years now. I quite enjoy traveling. I miss being able to go to fun places and eat delicious food. That being said, what state or country would you like a video game to be set and what kind of video game would you like it to be? Have a great day. You know, when I was thinking about this, I, don't, I was having a hard time coming up with, like, modern parts of the world that haven't gotten a video game yet. Yeah. I, I, Hawaii right?
2: needs to get its due. Like, it's such a beautiful place, Hawaii. but like for whatever reason. Yeah. yeah. Like like we always like use Florida or something. And It's like Florida's fine. I lived there for a while, but it's not not to contradict
3: you. There's a Pokemon game set in fake Hawaii. And that's the best part about it. But that's what I like. That's very true. I want want more of that. You know, I think that's a really good call. The next GTA should be in Hawaii. Is that Plus, right now? Yeah, and it's like it, exa- it's like a, such a good microcosm of environments. I mean, there's like actually mm. snow, desert, swamp, mm. jungle, beach. Like it is it's a video game when you go there. It's unbelievable, especially the Big Island, Volcano. There's always a boss level, you know. It's a volcano. It's it's Hawaii is really a like geographical video game. It's so cool.
4: Mm. Yeah. Mm.
1: Yeah, I was so pumped that we finally got like I lived in San Francisco for what, 15 years and we finally got that in Watch Dogs 2, which I I actually didn't think I kind of rolled my eyes at that. I don't care about that. But then like actually being in the game, it actually did feel really cool and special and seeing what they got right and then seeing the parts even that they didn't get right. Like Mm -hmm. I was I was a lot more engrossed in that than I expected to be. Mm -hmm. Um so, you know, Watch Dogs 2 did do a great job, but I'd obviously be happy to revisit the Bay Area. It's so iconic, and I, I feel like I would like to see another game go back there. I'm trying to think about something
0: new. Yeah. We, we, you know, so we've gotten, gotten San Francisco, Chicago, New York, Tokyo, Pacific yeah. Northwest, the Old West with Red Dead Redemption. It's like it's, yeah, Assassin's yeah. Creed is pretty much covered off on all of Europe, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. England, no. England, Mexico. Uh, and
3: in, in Egypt, which is a great setting. I always like Definitely. that. So I like uh, not necessarily games set in ancient times. I like ruins. So it's like, I think, you know, mm-hmm. games set in, you know, Cambodia's like giant civilization ruins or um, there's ruins in Central America around uh, present day St. Louis, which are like, it was like the biggest civilization on earth at the time. That's a really cool one. And then uh, of course, South America has like all kinds of cool stuff. Aztecs, Mayans, uh, those, those civilizations had really neat, you know, uh, ruin, So, like, it'd be cool to set games in, in those places. I, I like contemporary games where it's like, all right, well, I'm fighting with guns and having fun, but
4: then, like, you're in this, like, spooky old, you know, castle or a, a pyramid or something. It's fun. This, this is me showing a lot of bias because I was born and raised and
2: currently live in Colorado. Um, mm-hmm. But Colorado is actually, like, it's kind of the best state. Like, California, I think, is the only one that, like, gives it a run for me. Um, And we don't see it that often in video games. You kind of see a little bit of it in the original Horizon. But one very interesting, very weird thing, experience that I had was in the original The Last of Us. There's a sequence that takes place in a fictional college called, uh, I think it's Eastern Colorado University. Um, And it does this bizarre thing where it's like its um, physical location is basically Boulder, where the University of Colorado is. So it's got those really beautiful flat irons behind it. Its campus is laid out like exactly like Northern Colorado University. And then when you go into the dorms, it's exactly Colorado State University's dorms. So they just did a hodgepodge of those three like main universities from Colorado. And when I'm like playing that level, I get so like, just like I dissociate a little bit. I'm just like, this is so weird. Like I've been in these dorms like Mm -hmm. many times. And then you fall through and you have to fight a giant blower.
1: That's great. That is really good. There's um, I, I think I'm probably showing my cultural bias here a little bit, but like I can't think of too many video games, big AAA games that give a good representation of China, you know, either ancient mm-hmm. China or modern China. And they say I'm showing potentially showing some cultural bias, because Chinese has a really robust game development scene. That like I just have to confess, sometimes those games don't even come out in English, and and um, I'm sure that they exist, but they haven't really made their way into my awareness. But I would definitely be interested in. Like, what a beautiful and diverse and just gigantic uh, part of the Earth, right, that, like, would be awesome to be able to, um,
4: you know, explore in sort of a traditional AAA video game format.
0: Dynasty Warriors? <sighs> yeah. Probably.
4: Maybe a better game set yeah. in China? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Also, sure. are
3: there more Dynasty Warriors games than there are Sonic games?
0: Apparently, not according to Mike in Toronto. Um,
3: (laughs) if you want to play a game set uh, entirely in Iceland, but not actually play Death Stranding because every environment is mm, Iceland.
0: That was going to be my joke. I just wasn't fast enough.
3: Wait, is it actually
2: in Iceland? No.
0: It just looks exactly like Iceland. I think they actually like You know, shots fired there, right? Yeah, because it's supposed to kind of be the U.S., right? But
3: yeah, it's not. that's what's funny. It's like Horizon, where it's like we talked about this on a, a different mm-hmm. episode, but it's like it's like contracted the United States, mm-hmm, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but like the post-apocalyptic version of the United States turns out it's just ice. <laughs> Moss-covered rocks, rock-covered rocks, and snow-covered rocks. That's ice. Well, r- rock-covered
2: no rocks. I think that's just like a mountain. Yes, <laughs> and there's a lot there were- of those. You have to walk <laughs> over them.
0: Sam, that reminds me, and I may have mentioned this before, my my son is really into like lava right now and oh, volcanoes.
3: Yeah. And so just stop. missed that that great eruption in
0: Iceland that you could walk well, up to. And I did I'll too. pull up if I search like volcano four K on YouTube, all the volcanoes are in Iceland, apparently. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well it's last summer. There was a very safe, slow eruption that everybody was walking to. The New Yorker did a really amazing article on it. And I was there uh, during that time. But depending on the, what was happening each day, you you couldn't access it. Like, like there was actually like a, there was like a six hour hike and then it mm. became like a one hour hike. And then it was back to like an eight hour hike because of actual lava rivers. Right. Because uh, it's so. cut off places to go. But one night. We were walking, and it was like you know the sun is up all night there. So it's like mm-hmm. jet lag. Walking at like one AM, like just on like a, a stroll. And I look from the top of this hill towards that volcano, and it looks exactly like Peter Jackson's. Uh, this is from Reykjavik. it looks like Mordor, right? It looks like Mordor. There's a there's a light. That's up exactly what I said. A, a peak, and then like spewing orange in the sky. You can see it rising and falling, and and like an actual like giant. This is. You know, fifteen miles away or something too, mm. and it, it it's cartoonish. It, it, it was just, it's unbelievable, you know. That's and just sitting there, like in a green field, people are playing soccer at midnight or whatever next to you, and there's like, <sighs> this thing in the distance. It yeah. was crazy. Yeah, but it did you just,
0: just last night? We pulled up this Icelandic volcano video, and I said that exact same thing. This looks like Mordor, and I realized, has no idea what Mordor is, yet, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
3: but I bet Peter Jackson has probably has that same experience in New Zealand. and they probably I mean it's all faked in the movies, but you know, yeah. if you see that in real life and like think what a volcano looks like, it's like it, it's like a cartoon. It's like, it looks like exactly like it should. It's great mm-hmm.
0: and that brings us to video game twenty questions. Our suggestion this week comes from Carlos in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Let the questioning begin. <laughs> what kind of games are they playing over in Pennsylvania? Colin, do you remember what the game was last time you were on? Uh, yeah, it was We Fit, and
1: we got it really quickly. Nice. How you just? I don't even remember what the game was last week.
2: <laughs> uh, oh, actually, can I do something?
1: Because yeah. I, yes. I messed up the way I phrased a question last time. and okay. It was
2: really stupid. So I want to re-ask the question right this time. Okay. Uh, was this game originally released on a cartridge? No.
4: Okay. Oh. Is it we fit? We're done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Remember, if you guess wrong, you lose. All right. And if you guess wrong, it's been a great episode, die. everybody. <laughs> um, okay. Well, was this
1: game originally released? I mean, was it worth asking if it's on a CD? Is it worth <laughs> clarifying that, or do we assume well, this
2: could, could, Yeah, or it could be like just download only type
1: thing. We could also um, do
3: a year, and then we might get that answer based on that.
1: Yeah, I, 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 was this game originally released on a CD? No, or, uh, no. Well, oh, damn it! <laughs> I hope Damon didn't mean. I'm take interpreting that, that as, as like just a disc. DVD optical yeah. medium. Was I think the intent CD
4: is a, is no. a generalized
3: term because it's a compact disc, right? Yeah, good point. As opposed to a giant disc,
4: <laughs> L- yeah, a, la- well. a laser disc, and the actual <laughs> compact discs were GameCube games. Yeah, they're the Ooh. compactest Ooh. of all. Yeah, A CCD. Mm -hmm. So it's not on a a disc or cartridge is what you're saying. Yeah. Or it wasn't originally. It was just originally released in arcade. Yes. Okay. Cool. Pre-1983? No. Uh, Was it released in the 90s? Yes. That's five.
3: Is it a fighting game?
1: Yes. (laughs) Is it Street Fighter 2? Um... Okay, well, we know it's a fighting game. What the, okay, was it
4: made by Capcom? Yes. Oh, is it in okay. the Street Fighter series? Yes. Okay. Not Street well, Fighter what? 1, that came up before the 90s. Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter Alpha, or Alpha 2, I
1: think Street Fighter 3 was even probably still 90s. Uh, Turbo and Championship Edition were console only. They weren't in the PC. I mean, it would, it was this the second game in a
0: series? Yes. Is, yeah. is oh
4: Street Fighter 2?
0: That's 10. Yes, Street Fighter 2. Holy crap. Wow. I'm so glad it wasn't Street Fighter <laughs> Alpha 2. I would have been so mad. It's <laughs> vanilla Street Fighter 2. Nicely done. Did, did, they,
2: did they have those like extra additions in arcades or was it
0: usually yeah. just the original number? In yeah, no.
2: Street
3: Fighter 2, no. the World Warrior was the first one. And then they okay. did Street Fighter 2. I believe in the arcade version, the first one that was out was Champion Edition. And that has the boss characters in it. And lots of people played that. And I then, don't think
1: I think those were on console only.
3: No, there, there's arcade uh, uh, boards. boards. Yeah, they did those with it, and you saw that. And then there's the rainbow games, which yeah, are I know, legs where they messed with all
4: that stuff.
1: Well, yeah. and I know the Turbo Edition. I don't know if this was ever officially supported by Capcom, but those started as like our, our coin op operators modifying their game so that it would run Turbo Speed at like the request of you know they were doing that on behalf of their players. And then I don't I don't know if Capcom ever you know, officially supported that or not.
4: That's why
3: Ms. Pac-Man yeah. exists, for modifying Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah being, lic- being licensed. And Fast Miss Pac-Man is also a modification, and it's very good, and basically the definitive version. If you play slow Wasn't it- Pac-Man, it's not even fun.
2: <laughs> Wasn't it a bunch of, like, MIT students who were, like, illegally doing that, and then they got sued, and then I think they ended up going to work for Atari or something like that?
3: Or Well, yeah. Whoever was trying it, to sue I'm them. Midway in the United midway, States. Midway, OK. Mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. And in fact, there was a great GDC talk um, by one of the speakers, which must have just happened because I got like one of those weird, like, photo reminders on your phone with with him in a picture. He was at IGN. Really, really cool story behind that, though. It was called Crazy Auto and it had a little walking version of Pac Man, like with legs. And that (laughs) was like, but they changed up the phases and, you know, that was the the innovations. And then they did a whole branding as Miss Pac Man, um, Mm. which is brilliant and completely unacknowledged by Namco.
0: Yep. Street Fighter 2 completely changed uh, arcade competition from high score chasing to just <laughs> trying to beat your other human opponent. Yep. Right.
2: Cuz Street Fighter 1 wasn't it like literally just Ryu and Ken or something like that?
3: Yes, it's just yeah. it's just like I, yeah. I think those are the options and then you, the original version of that arcade cabinet was the one with the, with big buttons that you hit
0: and yeah,
3: <laughs> a, a low punch was a light hit, and a hard punch was a high hit. And I have never seen one of those in person. It's even hard to find pictures of them.
2: They that them. seems like it would break so easily. Yeah,
1: they uh, the Street Fighter Two Damon. just So what a revolution in making money for an arcade game, right? <laughs> exactly. Of yeah. like, if someone was really good, they could sit there and stay. And even if you weren't really good, then it felt crappy because like your game was over in sixty seconds. But like yeah. paying a quarter to match up against somebody else mm-hmm. is just. Brilliant! Like then, nobody. I mean, I'm sure you still feel bad if you lose, but like, they, they could make ten times as much money without it feeling gross and bad to the consumer. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Yeah, I don't have any evidence to this, but Street Fighter Two, I I would guess is probably the biggest arcade phenomenon that would have happened since Pac-Man.
3: Yeah, I, mean. I think it was Pac-Man to that. I miss Pac-Man's the highest selling arcade game of all time, and that was in the biggest year for arcades, '82. So mm-hmm. Pac-Man fever. And I can't real.
2: imagine anything being bigger after Street Fighter. Like maybe like some Dance Dance Revolution type
1: of DDR thing.
3: did really well. I mean it's cool and it was culturally pervasive for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, definitely mm-hmm. a, a top 5 arcade phenomenon.
1: Mm-hmm. We went to an arcade on our trip to Chicago and all the games are uh, mobile games now. Oh, yeah. Flappy Bird, weird, right? Flappy Bird and Doodle God oh, and for um, Ninja. Yeah. Can you just
3: play them on an arcade. Yeah, yeah. And it's a big vertical screen too. Yeah. So it looks like a giant version of a mobile game. Like it was easy to oh, port kind of and you kind of sit in front of it or stand yeah. in front of it. And it's like a big screen. There, if you, you know, there's that type of game and there's also like other big screen things. So there's like a big screen yeah. Galaga and a big screen.
0: I like this. Yeah. I like the big screen. The big screen Galaga is pretty good. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, thank you for your suggestion, Carlos and Hershey, Pennsylvania. Listeners and viewers, if you have your own suggestions for video game 20 questions, email them to me at the email address gamescoop.igene.com. And that's all the scoops that we have for you this week. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Justin. Thank Thank you, Colin. Always a pleasure having you on. Thank you to Alan working behind the scenes to make this episode possible. My name is Damon. This is IGN Game Scoop. We're out.